Hi there, and you're welcome to the Shagilola Salami Show. And I'm your host, Shagilola Salami. Um, and who have I got here with me today on this very lovely sunny day in London? Uh, hi, this is uh, Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as the Blind Blogger, calling in from Houston, Texas. And I am a totally blind former carnival owner, turned amusement equipment broker, now award-winning author, and online media publicist, which basically means I get authors, musicians, filmmakers, and other creative people onto shows like yours so they can share their story, reach a wider audience, and build their platform so that they can sell their books or their courses. Fabulous, fabulous, and thanks for coming. So before I even start interrogating you, because you know, I'm, I'm quite new with you like that, what would you like to drink today? I have a cup of hazelnut coffee that I'm drinking this morning. Right, you know I've got, you know, my virtual cafe is like a Star Trek ship, right? So, you know, I'm just going to press a button and it will bring hazelnut coffee. I mean, that's the first time anyone has ordered hazelnut coffee. I didn't even think it was a thing like hazelnut coffee. Yes, it's, uh, it's better than macadamia nut, if that gives you any idea. Interesting, interesting. So is there like... Okay, no worries, never mind. And what would you like to have with your, with your what would you like to have with your um, hazelnut that's better than macadamia nut coffee? Uh, at this point in my morning, all I all I really uh, go for is coffee. I'm uh, I usually eat uh, rather late in the morning. Okay. And since I'm a gastric surgery patient and spend all the time losing the weight, I. Uh, I, I stay away from donuts and uh, and you know and other other great stuff like that as much as I can. So, well, it's a good thing you reminded me because my little human who's at nursery today. Normally she's around, you know, but I've tried to fit it around when she's at nursery. She's been asking me for a donut for ages now. So um, I think you know, thanks, thanks for the reminder now. So I, I need to I need to get her donuts one of these days because um, we try to be healthy sometimes, not all the time. Um, but no, that's fabulous. So whilst I'm pressing the button to get my Star Trek ship, whilst I'm um, you know, so whilst you're waiting, um, who else have I got here with me today? Oh, uh, uh, here is Adriana Gavazzoni, Shaggy Lola. Hello, hello, Max. Hi, Adriana. Yeah, hi. Good hi. morning, Adriana. Hello. Hello for you both. I'm talking from Brazil. I'm in the south of Brazil right now, and I'm a lawyer, and I'm an author also. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, wow, you know what, I feel, I feel so amazed because my Star Trek ship today, you know, seems to have people from like literally three different countries, right? Well, in three different continents. That's, that's yes. What's the time there now, Adriana? Uh, sorry, didn't understand you. What's the time in Brazil now? Oh, it's changing. Uh, springtime is coming, so we are having some pretty hot days already. In a while, we are going to be toasting because we can have uh, 40 degrees Celsius here around uh, uh, during the summer. So it's going to be pretty hot this year, I believe. All right, so you have your summer when it's winter time here. 
Yes, it's quite the contrary. So whenever I want to escape summer here, I have to travel because it's really tough the, the summer in Brazil. Right. Interesting. That's very, very interesting. Okay, so tell me about a journey. Like what sort of, I, I mean, I know you say that you're an author, but what sort of books have you, I'm sorry, I know you said you're a lawyer, but what sort of books have you written? Okay, I've been a lawyer for 27 years before I decided to write professionally. And I wrote uh, two books. They are erotic thrillers, psychological and erotic thrillers. And they are part of a series of called Hidden Motives. And I'm preparing the third one. I believe I'm going to release the third one in December or January. Okay. And the, uh, the first book, Khaled Behind the Door, already received four awards. Uh, Golden Book Award, Book Excellence Award. I got a Golden Medal on both uh, prizes. And I got two honorable mentions, one of Reader's Favorite and another one from Paris Book Festival. And the interesting thing is um, Book Excellence Award, I won the medal for Erotica. Mm -hmm. um, Golden Book Award, I got the Golden Medal for Thriller. Um, Reader's Favorite for Mystery and on Paris Book Festival for Mystery. So you can imagine how my books are. Mm, mm, mm. See, right now, right, I, I, I actually zoned out, and sorry, this is really bad, because in my mind, I'm trying to think, how does a lawyer go from being a lawyer to be an author of erotica? Because you don't normally put the two together, and I'm actually quite interested in how your journey went. Yeah, I know it's complicated. A lawyer seems to be someone very serious, but it's not indeed. Uh, a lawyer is someone with a huge imagination. We need to have that to defend our clients. So all the time we are imagining stories inside our minds and we have to write for judges. So a uh, lawyer is already an author. To go uh, to erotica was one thing I didn't expect when I started to write, okay, Shigalala. It was a surprise even for me. I decided to, to write a romance. I would like to write a novella with some mystery. And I decided to be a psychological one. Uh, the main character is a, a, a shrink. And then uh, when I had to choose uh, which kind of shrink she should be, I decided she should be a shrink specialized in different uh, sexual behavior. Mm. And so came erotica for the book. <laughs> it was an accident, a complete accident. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, Max, have you written any books? Uh, yes, I've written two, and I'll be soon soon be releasing my third. Uh, the first two are Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. The second is It's Not the Cookie, It's the Bag, An Easy-to-Follow Guide to Weight Loss Success. And the third one is going to be called The Blind Blogger's New York City Adventure and how you two can 
accomplish your dreams. We're still working on the subtitle, but we have the image and the title picked, which I'm happy about. And the latest book, uh, the latest book tells about how I applied for and then won the uh, two thousand one of the two thousand and seven two thousand and sixteen Amtrak Writers in Residence, mm-hmm. and then used that to go off on an adventure to New York City by myself, which a lot of people still think I was out of my mind to do, but it was. It was a very, very uh, interesting and rewarding experience. And I think the main thing about the book is going to be the lessons people can learn that will help them overcome fear and go after some of those big, crazy dreams that we all have. Yeah. That, that sounds um, interesting. Now, before I, you know, I'm quite interested in your journeys, you know, both of you in your journeys as authors. Well, before I go there, though, you know, um, as someone who's got a bit, uh, you know, visual impairment, how did you manage that? You know, because I'm sure, you know, writing, you know, I mean, I know there's technology to help people, you know, but how did, how did you manage to actually get published, not just with one, but now almost three books? Right. Well, I tell people that when it comes to visual impairment, we're all individuals. We have varying degrees of disability. We have varying uh, levels of support. You know, some of us have uh, many people around us, you know, close by who can help with tasks that require visual uh, ability. And some of us have to reach out to people online. I have friends who have uh, have gone through the entire publishing process by themselves who are blind. you know, they used a text editor or some other uh, some other software to write and edit, and then they submitted the book to Amazon and create space in those places on their own. Me, I realized that with Amazon and these other online sites being as competitive as they are, that if I wanted my book to stand out and have a chance of of selling and then actually helping people, mm-hmm. that it would have to be visually appealing. So. Luckily, I had met uh, Lorraine regularly from, from WordingWell.com, who's a, a talented editor. She, yeah. met me through, she met me through comments on, on some blogs we were both following at the time. And when it came time to publish my first book, we connected, and she helped me through the entire process. But there, mm-hmm. there are people who have done it all by themselves without, uh, without an editor. And there are people who, you know, they have, uh, they may have a sighted friend or family member that lives with them that has the time and energy to help them through the process. But really the, the, the key point that it all comes back to is whether you're sighted or blind or in a wheelchair, whatever you may think your, 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 uh, stumbling block is. It all comes down to to facing that fear of pressing send or pressing publish. You know, we, we and I find that it doesn't seem to matter how many books somebody has published. When it comes time to sending it to their editor or their publisher or submitting it online, they all get those same fears or in, they feel those same inadequacies. Like, you know, what's what's you know who who says anybody's going to want to read my book? You know, I I find that that seems to happen no matter how many books somebody has written. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. And what sort of, um, did you use, oh, I'm trying to see how I'm going to ask this. What sort of things did you use to help you in your process? Um, 
Well, I use a, the standard text editor that's on a Mac computer. I use the screen reader that they call VoiceOver. I think one of the things that really makes my writing good is, well, two things. One is I, is I write in my own voice. I don't try to write in somebody else's voice. But uh, I'm hearing from other people that the fact that I review my work by listening to it, by having the computer read it to me out loud, yeah. uh, really, really, helps, really helps me end up with a product that's readable. Yeah. And... Uh, my editor recently told me, she said, Max, the reason we work so well is you hear it and I see it, then I see it and you hear it. Between the two of us, we, uh, we really can, can completely edit the book and have it be something that people enjoy reading. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, quite, that's quite interesting because I've got a friend or a pen pal um, and she uses a lot of Alexa as well. Um, you know, to help, and I then I know that she's also done a bit of. Um, I can't remember what it was that she called it because she's also an author, um, and she says that. Um, let me try to remember how she said it. It's this thing, and I think. Do you find that Macs are better suited um, than Microsoft? You know, um, just normal desktop laptops, things like that. Do you find? Because I think she's also got a Mac and an iPad, and she says that you know the system seems to help her flow better. Well, the difference is, is that when you're using Windows, you're using, you have to use a third-party app to make them talk. Yeah. And since, since the program, the software that you're using to make them talk isn't part of the operating system, um, you have a little bit less uh, ability to, to understand and control the information on a Windows computer than you do on a Mac computer. With, a, with Apple... The, the part that makes it talk, which they call voiceover, has been embedded in their operating system, and it's part of most of their software, and it's been that way for almost 10 years now. So when you, when you use an Apple with speech, uh, I would tend to agree with her that you, you do seem to have uh, more control over finding and manipulating the information as far as moving blocks of text, moving lines of text, uh, editing for proofreading so i would tend to agree with her and then when you when you bring in the ipad or the iphone um the apps that are on those are even better than the apps that are on the laptop and that's mainly because the majority of the the majority of the software designers are designing for the smartphones and other devices first and laptops and de desktops second so uh, I would tend to agree with it. It is much easier, especially when you're working with large documents, to do it on an Apple than on a Windows computer. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, now, so, lady and gentlemen, you know, how did you guys decide that, you know, um, because obviously you've got other things, you know, you, uh, Max, for instance, if I remember correctly, you know, you're ex-cannibal owner and then you did a bit of music you know so did you you know ever imagine that you would take you know your writing career you know seriously to become you know part of the new trend of premiers to become an author premier uh no i actually wrote my first book on a dare a woman had invited me to be part of a virtual summit her name is eve Koivula. 
And she said, if I, in order to be part of a summit, you had to have something to give away or something to sell at a discounted price. And she asked me if I'd ever thought of writing a book. And I told her no. And she said, well, I believe you could write one and I believe you could write it in the next 30 to 45 days. So uh, I told her I would give it a try. And she sent me a couple of resources and I started writing the book and I had gotten I had done a pretty fair bit of the writing in that first book. And then she contacted me and said, Max, there are four other women in this event and they've all decided that it would be better for marketing purposes if it was all women. So you're, so you're out. And I said, well, you know, I come from a carnival family, so I know what it is to want to put butts in the seats or, or faces behind the screens. So I said, that's cool. I said, but I've, I've started writing this book. I'm really enjoying writing. I'm, I'm re I realized that I, that I love writing and, and have for many years. So I continued writing the book and, uh, and it took me longer to finish it once I no longer had that outside deadline from her, but I did eventually finish it and get it published back in 2014. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, sometimes the best thing that can happen is to have a good friend double dog dare you. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds, that sounds amazing. And literally, you know, what has sustained your interest, you know, in going further to becoming, you know, a serious, um, entrepreneur. Right. And then, um, you know, that, that led to the second book and then the second book led to me, um, applying for the, uh, the writer's award that would, send me on the trip that would provide the source for the upcoming third book. And isn't it funny how once you write that first book, you start to see ideas for other books all around you? Mm, mm, true. Yeah, I agree with Matt. Uh, whenever you are writing a book, uh, ideas for a next one, for a different one, come to your mind regularly. Yes, I think someone said that, you know, authors are quote-unquote crazy people because the characters in your head and the story in your head, you know, be it fiction, be it non-fiction, it keeps talking to you. You just have this voice telling you, you need to be writing this next, you need to be writing this next, you know, especially when you're doing fiction. I think it's even worse for fiction authors, you know, because your characters, they keep talking to you at the back of your head, you need to finish my story, you need to finish my story. Uh, it's more or less like that with me. I have attention deficit. And when you have attention deficit, uh, you have at the same time lots of ideas in your mind. So I'm listening to my characters, they are talking to me, they are telling me their lives, and suddenly another one is proud to say, hey, I'm great for our next book. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy, yes, to be an author. It's living in another kind of world, in a fun world. Uh, I write fiction, Max doesn't, but I believe whenever Max is writing about family and friends, uh, it must be the same, no, Max? Um, my problem is with, with when I'm writing about friends or family is, is I'm always trying to remember um, what stories can I tell and what stories should I not tell? And... <laughs> Uh, try, and trying to be fair to the people who have been in your life, because I find that it's, 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 it's difficult sometimes to be completely objective and fair with people in your life when they were part of the story and they may have done some things that you don't want to remember so kindly, but <laughs> you don't want to slam them for no reason either. It's a tough thing to figure your way through sometimes, especially with people who have 
have done some, you know, really bad things to you. You know, it's 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 hard to sometimes be honest and still uh, be fair because those two don't always intersect with each other. Sure. That is the advantage of writing fiction. I can kill people I hate. I can kill people who did bad <laughs> things to me. And I just need to change their names. But things got their whole personality there, and they are going to recognize themselves. And they're going to say, you are, I can't say that word because it's too heavy. Uh, but I'm positive they are going to recognize themselves. So I feel abandoned. <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, now, right, just be serious for a minute, right? If you were going to tell your younger self, say, you know, before, let's say 10 years ago, before you started, I'm just using 10 years as a random figure, right? And you wanted to say to yourself, you know what? You will become an author at one day, and you will become a serious author someday in the future. Here are five tips, right, to help you going from a hobby writer where you just started on think where you start off thinking, I can do this, right? And you do your first book. So from you to go from being a hobby writer to being a serious writer. So I want five tips from both of you that are completely different. So I'll start with Adriana. Sorry, Max. Okay, okay. Uh, let me see. First thing I would say to young authors is please be patient. Don't rush your book, okay? Uh, don't be anxious to finish your book. Part of that and the second advice is when you think your book is ready, hire an editor. Try to find someone to help you, okay? Someone who can polish your work. It's hard to work alone. Third tip, don't be anxious to publish. Choose very well your publisher or choose if you or decide if you're going to be self-published because there are many predators out there. And uh, if you go to the hands of a predator, you're going to lose your work. You are going to lose all the hard job you had to polish and to put that book the way you want it. Fourth tip. You need uh, to show yourself. It's impossible to be an author and to have your work recognized if you hide in a, in a place and if you think your book is going to sell itself, it's not. You need to show your face, you need to give interviews, you need to brag about your work. And uh, the last tip, um, Never give up when you get a bad review. People are mean. Okay? <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes they can tell you things. You want to go home and cry and never write another phrase. But then you receive the wonderful uh, review ever. And many of them, you can't give up because of a bad review. You have to... Trust your work and you have um, to be sure you are going to succeed. It may take time, but you're going to succeed. So those are five tips, but the main of all that is be patient. Be yeah. patient with 
everything, the whole process of writing, editing, and publishing, and doing some marketing requires that patience. Fabulous. Okay, Max, what do you have to say? Five tips. Okay. Um, number one, I would say, is be proud of your work. So in order to be a professional uh, authorpreneur, you have to be willing to not only tell people that you are an author, but you have to be willing to carry, to carry your book around with you. Uh, and part two of that is I tell people, I know everybody is reading their books online, but the first thing a new author should do when they've released that next book is submit it somewhere where you can purchase physical copies of it because nothing will make you feel more like a writer, like a successful writer, than holding the first copy of your new book in your hands and smelling that paper and opening the pages uh, and maybe even autographing the first copy for somebody in your family. Um, three, I agree with Adriana. You have to promote, 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 and I'll even go farther. I believe that you need to start doing interviews and writing and uh, writing blog posts or being on social media before you even finish the book, uh, even before you've written that first chapter, because people who come on shows like this or who go on who do guest posts the host isn't booking their book or their or their book story or the book's characters the host is booking you and your story so you can start telling your story even before you've written the first chapter of the book or series of books that you plan to send out into the world and it's really important that you start showing people who you are and putting that face and voice out there in the world so that when your book is ready they'll be ready to buy it or at least they'll be ready to think about buying it that's very important uh for it there are lots of jobs being an author there's way too much work for any one person to do so you have to decide what are those things you're good at and what are those things you're not good at or what are those things you can afford to have somebody else do I've been blessed to realize that one of my talents is, is I don't mind being told no. So I'm great to be sending out pitch emails or to call people on the phone or, or uh, you know, when I meet people in person to go, hey, this person would be great. You should have them on your show because I've, you know, I've got 20 years of cold calling and cold emailing. So I, I, I'm not afraid of being told no. That's, an, that's a skill I have most authors don't have. Hmm. So, you know, for... You know, hire an editor, hire a publicist, hire an agent. Um, perhaps you even need somebody to manage your social media profiles. But the things that you're not good at or don't have time for, uh, never be afraid to ask for help or to hire things out. And that's, that's four. And five, regardless of what kind of author you are, your life makes great material whether you're writing nonfiction like i do and you can draw on all those experiences good and bad and you can share those with people and and inspire and encourage them or if you've you're writing fiction and you've like adriana said you've got these people in your life or in your past who you'd love to love to kill them off they make great characters or they make great heroes even and you can use those character descriptions, you can use those experiences in your fiction writing. 
So uh, never be thinking to yourself, I've waited too long. I'm 40, 50, 60. It's too late for me to tell my story. No, you've got a bigger story. You've got a bigger catalog of people and images and experiences that you can turn into that first great book. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Um, I think I think that those are quite um, you know useful useful tips. But I think the most resounding one, you know, which we can agree on, is that it takes a lot of patience, um, and you know, you need to grow a thick skin, you know, because you know there's some people, you know, who would you know they're trying to be helpful, but then they may come across as quite negative. So you need to have a thick skin so that you can weather the storm, you know, with any bad reviews or negative reviews um, that you that you get. Um, but you know, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, wait, I'm thinking, Adriana. Adriana. Hi, hi, didn't I? I'm confused now. Did I or did I not? I sorry, sorry, I didn't hear you. I, I forgot to know. Did I ask you? Did I ask what you would like to drink in my virtual cafe? Where no, I'm you didn't. But I would like espresso, by the way. Okay, fine. You know what? I was like, you know what? You just, you know, you just, you just had this bubbly personality that I just got carried away. And then I was thinking, wait a minute, I'm being a bad hostess right now. <laughs> and I, I just love espresso because I'm very Italian too. My whole family comes from Italy. I'm, I'm born in Brazil, but I'm granddaughter to Italians. So I have this bubble personality. And I love tons of black and strong coffee like espressos. And I love life in all, with all its senses. That's me, really. Right. So what would you like with your um, espresso? Oh, I like it short and strong as like a pen ink. No, no, but what would you like with it? What else would you like? To, what would no, you like? no, just, just this, this prattle, this okay. Thank you very much. Okay, well, so I'm getting that all ready for you virtually. Um, how can people connect with you if they wanted to do so? Oh, uh, my books are on Amazon. Uh, I sign a.gavazzoni. Uh, I have my Facebook, Adriana Gavazzoni or my webpage, agavazzoni.com, or they contact me to Instagram, where I use uh, the name Adri, underline Gavazzoni. Many, many places, my, my email is adriana, at adrianagavazzoni.com. Quick question, how do you spell Gavazzoni? G-A-V-A-Z-Z-O-N-I. <laughs> There we go. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you for having trouble with her name. I've been working for her for six, for nine months now, and I just like in the last few weeks finally started spelling it correctly. Thank. Oh, it's thank just goodness, my. It's just like pizza, double Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If my email program didn't fill in her address for me, I'd have been in real trouble. Yeah. <laughs> So Adriana Gavazzoni, G-A-V-A-Z-Z-O-N-I. Perfect. Yes. Great. And your yeah. website is agavazzoni.com. Yeah. And Perfect. my Facebook, Adriana Gavazzoni. And my Instagram, Adri, A-D-R-I, R-I, 
uh, underlying gabazoni. Perfect. And how about you, Max? Um, if people, um, after listening to the show, wanted to contact you, check out your works, check out your books, how do they get in touch? Right. Um, they can go to theblindblogger.net, theblindblogger.net, or they can uh, hopefully email me at justask at theblindblogger.net. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Maxwell Ivy. And on YouTube, where they can not only hear me talk, but hear me sing, uh, youtube.com slash Maxwell Ivy. I like to say I have more passion than talent, but I still people still say I sound good. And I am an online media guy. I get people booked on radio shows. And if they will go to theblindblogger.net slash rockstar, uh, they can download the audio course. It's over three hours of audio that will walk them through step-by-step step how they can get themselves on shows like yours. Perfect. Perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, any last words of wisdom? Your, your drinks are almost ready before I kick you off. I do like to keep kicking people out of my, of my cafe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to go out either. <laughs> I know because you know I know I find people they come and they just want to stay and stay and stay. I mean I know it's my nice bubbly personality and whatnot, but seriously, you know sometimes I just have to kick people out. But yes, any final words of wisdom? Oh, I believe wisdom is for someone older than me. I feel old already, but not that not that uh, wise. <laughs> so the only thing I can say for anybody in any profession in any that have any kind of dream is never give up your yeah. dream will come true perfect perfect so never give up persist and it won't okay fabulous how about you max uh yes uh bef before I, I give them the wisdom um because i'm obviously old enough uh you're you're <laughs> Your your accent probably makes them want to stay too. You have a very pleasant voice, so just want I just wanted to mention that. Um, and I would say you're welcome. And since Adriana's already covered the perseverance side of it, I would say that uh, there is at least one thing, one small concrete thing you can do every day that will move you closer to your goal. Uh, my best example is instead of trying to write for an hour, since we're talking about authors mainly today, uh, write for five minutes. Try to write one paragraph, one sentence. You know, try to edit one paragraph or one page, which is roughly 250 words worth of text. Keep the go. Keep the keep the minimum requirements small, because what will happen is if you if you tell yourself you're only going to work for five minutes. It's easy to work for five minutes. It's yeah. also easy to look up after 30 or an hour later and go, I only wanted to work for five minutes. Yeah. So take those small concrete steps every day. That's what I would tell people. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. So it's basically to underestimate the amount of commitment you would need to do and then feel better in yourself when you overshoot that commitment that you've given, but then just give little commitments and then overshoots it so you feel better in yourself and then that motivates you to continue rather than saying oh, i'm going to do an hour a day and then find that you know because of one thing or the other you couldn't meet that hour and then you start to feel demotivated yes exactly i I've, i learned this from a from a exercise coach who once told me he became a he became a a uh, a specimen of you know somebody everybody else looks at he became that way, but he started with one pull-up. 
he said he told himself he would do one pull-up a day. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's that way with writing. I, I think a lot of people would get more writing done if they wouldn't say, well, I've got to write an hour a day. If I'm not writing an hour a day, then there's something wrong. And uh, the mind, sometimes you have to trick yourself. And five minutes... I'd be interested to see from the listeners of this episode if they will agree to try for five minutes and then see how they do and and comment on the on the uh, video or the audio for us. That that would be lovely, actually. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. Just be, see if, if it makes. But then again, they might not do so immediately. It would give them. A, they would need a bit of time, you know. It was like you know, what, let's try it for a week. You know, we will do five minutes of writing once a day for a week, and then you know, then they'll now think. Oh, actually, I found that I overshoot the, you know, I, I did more than five minutes, you know, every, every time. I, I think it's possible because, like, a friend of mine, you know, she started um, learning capoeira. Um, and then she said that every time she started to feel really tired, like she couldn't go on, she would push herself and she would say just five minutes more. And, you know, that helped her to just be like, okay, you know what, I've reached my limit, but I'm just going to give myself that extra five minutes or that, or like the push up or the pull up. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to do an extra one, you know, so you push yourself beyond your pain boundary. And then that's when you find that you can actually do amazing things. Yeah, there's a reason why all those exercise videos have some, the, the person yelling at the people in the class is always saying one more. Yes. Yes, yes, I can imagine. Um, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure having the both of you uh, on here. And this is that time when I'm going to have to kick you guys out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Thank well, thanks for having you us. You've been, a great, you've been a great host. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. And um, we just love. And now that we've had our coffee, we can go out in the beautiful sunshine and feel, exactly. the, feel the warmth on our backs and find out who else we're going to meet today. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, today is a very nice sunny day in London. It's actually, I don't know what the temperature is, but then when I went out before I came back on, um, the temperature was, it felt, it felt quite warm, you know, and I actually went to a proper cafe, another virtual one, and I had coffee with my friend. So it was a nice, nice, lovely day. So I've, I've overdosed on coffee or chocolate today. <laughs> That's great. Thank you very much for having us. And hopefully I might have you guys back again sometime in the future. I hope so. I, I hope so. I really love the coffee in the chat. Yes. Yeah, Perfect. I would, def would definitely look forward to hanging out with you again. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, to everyone else who's taken the time to listen to us have our little banter today, thank you, and I hope you will turn it, um, tune in again next week on the Shakilala Salami Show. Bye now.